Welcome to the chase. Chiefs of White Arc podcast aimed at specifically giving you an insight into what makes great leaders and entrepreneurs in a variety of organisations tick. We call them Chiefs. My name is James Chuffatelli and together with my White Arc co-chief, Joe Hands, we're going to attempt to take you on a journey and talk to as many Chiefs across as many industries as we can to give you an insight into A, what makes them tick and B, what makes their enterprises thrive and more importantly, what they've learnt along the way. The Chiefs. All right, welcome to another edition of The Chiefs. And this week, I'm so thrilled to have in the hot seat, Michael Savanis. Welcome. Thanks, James. How are you? Fantastic. It's great to have you on. And Michael and I go uh, way back to, to my time in Sydney. He's such a C- He was talking about digital and digital transformation and nascent video and what have you at a time when we didn't even know what he was talking about. But now, uh, you know, it's so, so relevant in everything that we do. And when I think of things around sales and digital transformation, I think of Michael Savannah. So really, really looking forward to having a conversation with you, Michael, and learning about some of those early days and some of your early learnings and hearing more about what you're up to today. So again, thank you for joining us. Without further ado, I'm going to actually ask you to tell me a little bit about yourself and your journey. Thanks, James. So, look, it's a pleasure being on this. Um, I've been looking forward to, uh, to chatting with you. Look, I've been uh, started my career back in 1990, so uh, I guess I'm showing my age. But uh, I've certainly seen a, a transformation over the years in a lot of different disciplines. I started very technical as a computer programmer and basically throughout my career, and I've been very, very fortunate to have been able to live in many different countries and continents, South America, Asia, the UK, the US, uh, in many different disciplines. It's taught me a lot uh, in terms of how business is done by different cultures, by different viewpoints, And, and just seeing how technology has advanced over the years. It's just been a fascinating journey. And so tell me about the early years. I can remember Michael and I, I should have said at the outset, Michael is the Diego Maradona uh, of inner eastern Sydney soccer. I used to play alongside Michael and uh, used to just hang around him because I'd get all the sweet balls and sweet passes. But back in those days when you got into the industry, Michael, tell us about video in the early days and, and how you fell into video from a digital perspective. Yeah, look, I've got a great story. I used to be in soccer and um, back in the early days, when uh, places were not connected to each other and, and couldn't co- uh, communicate. And in fact, I, my first international assignment was in Bogota, Colombia, if you can believe that, back in, yeah, wow. uh, yeah, almost in the days of Pablo Escobar. Basically, <laughs> the way records and communications were transported, particularly from the remote areas of Colombia, was, believe it or not, on a big reel tape attached to a donkey and taken over the mountains to the processing plant so we can process those records. So I I stem from those days, but uh, yeah, it's been incredible. So video started more as a a novelty as such, and uh, over time, particularly the marketers, they they latched onto the value of using video to communicate far earlier than, um, than a lot of other disciplines. And I was fascinated, James, to see how people started using video to communicate not only just on tv as we're all you know we're all used to seeing ads but more so online and as the internet technologies got better and better over time 
you started seeing more and more video and then you started seeing the players i mean we all know the netflix world and hulu's yeah you know, they're only in the last 10 years prior to that there were a lot of what i saw little niche players starting to come on uh, a lot of the telcos tried to transform themselves to become media players unsuccessfully and you know the, the the technology has evolved over time to where we are now where anybody can actually create their online content post it and have it be used in any way that they want it to be used it's so amazing isn't it i mean you think about it, it wasn't i mean you, you we've come a long ways you talk about that sort of donkey over the hill and the real tape and i had a laugh but the truth is that was really only probably 20 years ago michael i mean you you mm. look at it and you go in 20 years time wow what, what a transformation. And if I think about 20 years ago, I was probably still going to, to the video shop, Video Easy, and, and hiring my videos and then bringing them home. And, and then, you know, now we've got Netflix and Stan and all the rest of it. So I think about that transformation, you're right, from novelty into now communication. And, and I think you run one of the most fascinating businesses right now that I know. Tell us about that because that's more it's, – it's not a novelty. It's really – centered very clearly around digital communication. Tell us about that and how that evolved. Yeah, you're you're right, James. I work for a company called Panopto, who's been around for about 13 years. And uh, very interestingly, it spawned out of a a research project out of Carnegie Mellon University in the US. And it was all centered around video, and in particular, video search. How do you find information? How do you search for information? We all know and particularly now, which is a lot more relevant than uh, than when it first started, there's so much stuff out there. There's so many emails, instant messages, Slack. There's text documents, onboarding documents. There's stuff everywhere. How do you find that? And in particular, with the advances in technology allowing everybody to create video, how do you locate that information? And that's where Panopto's genesis came from. It really sought to try and solve that problem finding information and improving employee productivity, making it efficient, making video communication efficient across not only interdepartments, across the organization, across multiple continents. And so that's the area that, that we find ourselves in. And not only amongst where our original roots, uh, higher education, but now more so in the large corporations and enterprises who are looking from an internal perspective to solve that problem. How do I make my workforce a lot more efficient? Now that we are working in a combined remote world more so, how do I enable my teams to communicate effectively, find what they want when they want, and view it when they want, and learn when they want? And that's uh, that's what Nopto is looking to solve. You know what I think is fascinating? In a, in a year that everybody's talking, Michael, about COVID and the impacts of getting our, you know, getting our, our teams home and then taking care of them, and then, you know, once once that was all okay and really importantly okay from a people perspective, well, how do we get them working again in this new normal and what have you? Talk me through because you mentioned the word efficiency there, and having delved a little bit more over the recent weeks with yourself on the Panopto offering. I can actually see how it actually bridges that efficiency, not just for learning and development, but for the whole organization. I'm on a couple of programs at the moment where we're using Slack like there's no tomorrow. Now, Slack's highly efficient in one domain, but it's hard to keep you know people in, in other domains up. Yeah. Talk to me how that plays out through video and through the technology you've got. Yeah, that's, it's, you, you bring up a really good point. So a, a couple of things spring to mind. Firstly, and, and again, from personal experience, 
I've had to onboard three new employees this year remotely. Now, as you know, as a manager in England, trying to onboard anybody is difficult, but trying to do it remotely just adds all of those challenges, not only for me as the manager, but for the individual themselves. How do they get access to information? How do they, they can't just tap someone on the shoulder and say, hey, Joe, how do you do this? There's a process, right? So that's, again, we, we use Panopto extremely efficiently to record all the communications. If somebody wants to know how do I do something, I'll record it and share that. And the, the beauty of that, of having that sort of central library, as, as it will, it allows anybody with similar problems to be able to do a quick search and find that topic in that video and, qu and quickly watch a 30 second to one minute video on how to do something. So from an efficiency perspective, I'm now not having to repeat myself. I'm allowing my team to be able to search for what they want at the moment in time that, that they need that information and find it. So that's what we're looking to do. And, it, and you expand that at scale when you have time zones, when you have when you're not able to attend a, a meeting, a Zoom meeting, an MS Teams meeting live, being able to record all of that information and have that available so that you can go and search and find that relevant piece. That's how we look to optimize efficiency across the organization. Amazing evolution for collaboration. And you even touched on earlier, and I think it's really important because anyone listening to this podcast may not have grabbed this, but you said you onboarded a couple of new staff members. Yeah, I can remember in the old days, Michael, when we onboard members of the team and I'd send them off for, for eight weeks of training and they'd head off for, for induction training and then they'd come back and then they'd head off again. And all really, really important. Talk me through that process. These guys you onboarded in such a complex digital domain in which you, you lead, was it an eight-week training program? No, no, mate, those days are gone. And and those uh, those older organizations that are clinging on to these, I, I guess, you know, old, older methods of you must take this two-week induction course followed by this eight-week course, and then all of a sudden you're, you're fully on board and you're fully ready to go. That doesn't work in the real world. Whether you're in the office or not, that, that does not exist. So what I believe in, and I really do um, preach this, is providing the information that somebody needs when they need it. It's a just-in-time learning uh, mode, right? So, yes, you do. Uh, you have a formalized onboarding process. You follow this process. These are the things that you do. Here is the materials you have. And, again, we rely a lot more on visual learning as distinct to reading a lot of text. We all know that, that uh, retention through video is far superior than audio and then, uh, then written. So we, we, we do that, but equally, and I think this is the most important part, is on the job. Your, let me give you an example. Let's say I'm going to create a, a lead in salesforce.com. Okay, so we, we, yeah, half the world uses salesforce.com. You know how to create a lead, but do you know how to create it in the process uh, and, and workflow that's relevant to your organization because everybody does things differently. And so being able to have that as a 30 second, one minute screen share and, and have the employee say, okay, create a lead, bang, finds that video and gets taken to right in that moment in time of that process, watches that for 30 seconds, right, I'm off. I don't have to watch the whole video. I don't have to search for everything, bang. I've learned what I needed to do. I'm now productive that much quicker. And in a sales organization, getting a sales rep onboarded even one month earlier than normal <laughs> is another month that I've got a rep out there selling. 
It's massive, isn't it? I mean, and you take it for granted, especially, I mean, like you said, I mean, you've bought these new sales reps on and yeah, they, they pretty much become revenue available almost from, from day one, almost, right? And yep. the thing I love also, you know, early in anybody's career in that context, it's the learnings that you get in the corridor. Michael, how do I key key mm-hmm. this or how do I – it's invaluable. I get that by tapping you on the shoulder. But what you're, you're saying now is that through this – tech that you have through Panopto and through video, those workflows that are readily available for anybody at any point in time, it can still be, hey, Michael, can you help me out here? I do a quick screen share and bang, it's available to anybody who has or wants that learning from that day forward. Is that that easy? That's exactly right, James. I mean, in, in our view, we're looking to democratize video to make it just as important to communicate as email, as instant message, as a, a document. So to us, video is just as, if not more important to communicate. And again, it, it's not, it'll never replace the face-to-face and the tap on the shoulder and that uh, dialogue that you might have, but it's the next best thing. It really helps to provide that information that you need when you need it in any mode. You might you'd be not at your desk, you're out in the field, you're on your mobile, you're traveling, you're on a bus and you need information, you've got it. You've got instant access. And that's what technology has enabled us, and that's what uh, our platform uh, enables you to have. An extension of that, have you seen that from a sales process, have you seen video evolve to become a bit of a B2B sales tool, if you like? I know, so, you know, mm. the YouTubes and, and what have you offer it from an ads perspective, but have you seen or do you see in the future the opportunity to use technology like yours or video as a sales tool of sorts? Oh, 100%. So think about the the example of trying to onboard your sales team. And it starts from your inside sales team. Not only do you, can you now record your discovery calls and play them back and and have as examples in a library, these are good discovery calls, these are not good. And I go back really quickly and and look at that. But more importantly, the use case. I'm about to get on a call with company A that's in with this persona in this uh, industry use case or something similar, what questions were asked, what problems were unearthed, and I can use that to continually learn and refine my discovery call questions so that I can unearth the business issue and problems and challenges and set my sales rep up with far more qualified information than I had before. And again, being able to visually look at that and search for that so quickly has helped, uh, it, it certainly helped us in qualifying our pipeline that much quicker. Just amazing. And just an extension of that, where do you see, I mean, we, we spoke about your, you know, your last 20 years and just the, the speed of light in which videos sort of come on and the impact it has in our life. I think of TikTok, but anyway, that's a story for another day and the influence that's had. Where do you see it going? Like, where's the, the horizon or is there one for video? Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> what a great question. <laughs> I mean, if I had a crystal ball, I'd be investing. No. Um, <laughs> well, if you tell me where to invest, Michael, I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I think the rate of change is so incredible, James. But what, what I see is the use and the acceptance of videos. Think of our generation. We're a lot more comfortable now with the use of video being recorded, uh, privacy, et cetera, than we were, say, 10 years ago. But then look at our children. And then look at our children's children. They're being brought up in this world of having access to content on their phones. You mentioned TikTok. I mean, again, just think of what it's doing. It, it's removing the, the boundaries of privacy, the, uh, the willingness to be recorded and having your information out there for all to see. So what I see is the, the use of video 
uh, and, and the more use of real-time video, instead of using um, instant message, et cetera, you're going to be using a lot more quick snippet, real-time video to be able to communicate across the world, both synchronously and asynchronously. What sort of questions, if you, I mean, a lot of the businesses that we serve uh, at White Arc, are, you know, we, we, we're sort of heading in, helping them with strategy and helping them to sort of, you know, create horizons in terms of those strategy. What sort of questions should they be asking themselves from a, from a tech perspective, from your point of view? Is, or do the platforms that you have, are they enabling or hindering your ability to communicate across not only your own teams, but across teams? How do you share information? How do you, an organization's primary asset is your knowledge, right? That knowledge management, being able to manage that, retain that knowledge and leverage that knowledge within an organization is your primary asset. How are you hindering your employees from getting access to that knowledge in a timely manner? Or, you know, the, the traditional left hand doesn't talk to the right hand in these, you know, in, in larger bureaucratic organizations. How can I break those barriers using my te technology platforms to make it easy and efficient for us to communicate? That's what I would be asking primarily. For someone who loves, obviously, digital, and you're probably one of the earliest guys, and I say this as an absolute compliment to you, that really sort of got on the digital, not bandwagon, but on the digital narrative certainly that I can remember in my career, and that's a credit to you. And I said at the outset, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek that, you know, you were talking about video for business and what have you, but I'm talking in the early 2000s when nobody was talking about it. What are some of the digital moments that have been most impactful for you in, in your career? Great questions. Um, there have been so many, I, I guess, pivot points uh, that, that I've seen, you know, Video going from something that was kind of nice to have to a need to have, the, the ability for us to now expect to be able to live stream or watch a Netflix movie wherever I want. And when it doesn't happen, to, to actually have, why isn't this happening? Why can I not watch it? What's wrong? I think that's one of the, the, the key pivot points for me. The prevalence of the larger, uh, in the early days, the OTT, over-the-top uh, style operators, the, the Netflixes of the world, how that overtook Blockbuster. I, I listened to a podcast called Business Wars. It's pretty awesome. It goes through these uh, life-changing um, scenarios where you had Blockbuster being the biggest thing, and it didn't pick up on the online threat that Netflix started, right? And now look where the tables are. So those types of things that, that I see, are, I find fascinating. And they're the pivot points that I saw. And I've been lucky enough to be involved in that industry and seeing how you know, the, the rise and fall of uh, certain operators who wanted to create content and provide it to the masses. Uh, but more importantly, just seeing video being available to everyone. My 80-year-old mother can access you know, and stream a video. Try thinking of somebody doing that 20 years ago. Would that happen? It's an amazing way to put it, isn't it? I mean, I've said the same with my parents, but, you know, we've always lived by this virtue in digital that content is king or content's uh, the key, but video kind of sat outside of that. But now you're right what you're saying. It really doesn't sit outside at all. It's got to be almost a, a key consideration for any strategy moving forward. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So you are a human being that is so passionate, and, and I love that passion, Michael, that you have. What do you enjoy most about the industry that you're in and why? I, I love seeing uh, how problems and issues can be solved. 
And so being able to go out there and, and talk, like I say, human, human to human interface, being able to talk to uh, a customer, talk to a prospect, and just understand what, what ails you, what challenges are you going through, and can I, through the solution that I have, help you in your world? And when that happens and you see that smile and you hear a thank you, that, that's, that's, that's it. That, that's it for me. All right, I've got two fun questions just to end up with because I, I could talk to you all hour and, <laughs> and I know that uh, I promised you it was going to be done in 20 minutes and here we are 40 minutes later. Uh, <laughs> if you could choose one thing to be the best in the world at, what would that be? A better listener. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing because my wife Kath always says to me, "The one thing I'm not is a good listener." So I reckon you're pretty good. Okay, better listener. Okay, you can replay that to your to your beautiful partner. And then, if you never had to work another day again in your life, what would you do and why? You know, that's uh, that, that's a great one. I I'm uh, I'm thinking about it to be honest. Uh, yeah, I think that would be nice. Now, I, I'm very much into DIY. I love tinkering. I love to do things around the house. I like to keep learning. So I'd occupy myself by doing projects around the house and building things. And yeah, I'd love to do that. So if anyone out there is in Maroubra, I know a lot of the PE guys that listen are in uh, Maroubra, Bondi Junction, Bondi, Clavelli. You need any uh, DIY home <laughs> renovations or good videos, Michael Savanis is your guy. <laughs> hey, Michael, it is always a, a pleasure catching up with you. I want to thank you, A, for, for coming on the Chiefs and B, congratulate you on, on an amazing journey. And I'm sure so many people will learn so much just from listening to this podcast. So thank you so much. Thanks, James. It's been a pleasure.